Well, hi, everybody. Good to be with you. Some of you I recognize from various different sundry places. Uh, I have lots of connection here, first of all, because of Todd. We know each other since the early 80s. We were the first two church plants for the vineyard on the East Coast. So Todd was in Wheeling, and I was on Long Island. You got to say the G, Long Island. And uh, so Todd asked me once in a while to pop in and do different things. I did his mom's memorial service. He wanted to do it himself, but he, he had me as a backup, literally standing behind him, you know, in case something went wrong where he couldn't go on. So I'm happy to talk about the Holy Spirit. Can you, everybody hear me fine? I'm happy to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. It's obviously a little more than 20 minutes. You know, <laughs> when he said, you can have 20 minutes to talk all about the Holy Spirit, every aspect. <laughs> I, no problem, you know. <laughs> no problem at all. But, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, actually, when I think of the Holy Spirit is it's a multifaceted reality. There's lots of different ways that you can think about the Holy Spirit. There's different ways it talks about it in the Bible, right? And I'm sure because your church is called Holy Trinity, you guys probably are like experts on this now. So why he called a mere vineyard guy to come, I don't know. But it is this multifaceted reality. And the other thing we have to remember because of all the ghost talk is um, he's a person. And you know what? He's in the room right now. That's kind of a cool thought. I think one of the life-changing realities, awarenesses for me has been wherever I go, he goes. So I, I have a coffee shop I hang, hang out at, have for 12 years the same one. And uh, when I go in there, especially the last five years or so, I've, I've thought this thought. When I go in there, God goes in there, and then all bets are off. And I've had wonderful things happen just by placing myself in there as a listener. But it's based on the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us. We, we know these ideas. Um, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit individual, right? We, we know we, corporately, the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so that makes it a weird reality because it, you as a believer... When you go about your business at work and everywhere else, God, God goes. Now, if just Lance is showing up in a room, that's no big deal, right? I mean, two of you might like that. But if the Holy Spirit comes and begins to touch people, and so, you know, when we think about the presence of the Lord, we think about the Holy Spirit. And so I want to just take a, a, five things if I have time. Maybe Cheryl told me she's going to monitor my time. Because I'm not used to preaching 20 minutes, so. Uh, and I have a little more to say than 20 minutes, but not much. Okay, so I just retired. <laughs> Weirdest thing ever. You, know, you go 46 years doing things every week, and all of a sudden, I'm still doing a lot of things like this, but it's way different than having to show up at the office every day. And like, I've often found myself going, what am I doing? Like, what am I, literally, what am I doing? Not, not figuratively, what am I doing? Like, what do I do today? Oh, you help your wife with the shower. That, that'd be good. Yeah, that, it boils down to pretty small realities. But the word that the Lord gave me, well, two, two things that the Lord gave me when I, this will tie into what we're going to talk about. He said, I want you to be a pastor to pastors. 
which I've always kind of done, even when it didn't make sense in my 20s, I was pastoring pastors. Um, sort of like Todd was a, a very similar thing. And the other thing he said to me, which comes out of a Greek word that I'm sure you're all very familiar with, parakletos. And we, we read that word in our text, but it said helper. And the Lord, I, I believe, said to me, I want you to come alongside churches and help them. Usually that involves the pastor, but the word he used, and I, I took Greek eight years worth actually, was parakletos. And if you get parakletos, you kind of get a little bit of the reality of what God's doing in the world today. He's coming alongside people, individuals, groups, churches. I guess this boils down to who is he and what does he do? And how aware are we of that, right? He's the one who comes alongside to help. As, as we read today, he's the helper. That's a weird thought. God's our helper, right? And we're not meant to live this life, and we're not meant to do ministry, do church without his help. As a matter of fact, it doesn't work at all without his help. Because in, in a moment's notice, the Lord can touch Bill in such a way that he's completely changed. None of us has that ability. We, I have a new term that I like, gradualism. Most of us change a little bit at a time over a long period of time, and once in a while we get zapped, right? Once in a while God comes and does something really significant. He's coming to help us. Sometimes we're ready to receive that help, sometimes not, not so much, but he's the helper. And sometimes that help comes in very, very supernatural ways. If we had time, I could tell you a hundred stories of people that were chained, you know, changed in a very specific moment, including myself. But most of you are going to be changed gradually, right? Have you found that? If you've been a believer for a while, you get this by now, right? God keeps doing things. God keeps reminding us of things. God keeps giving me new words so that I can grow up. And the destiny is the same, by the way, for every single person in this room. It's to be conformed to the image of his son. So the Holy Spirit is the helper that gets us to that. Does that make sense? So over the years, the parakletos will change you. Cheryl actually liked the way that it's translated in the NIV, at the advocate. But you might have to think about this next thing I say because it sounds like a real overstatement. I believe the primary promise of the Bible, Old and New Testament, that's a big statement right there, right? It is that God is with us. Think of Jesus, God with us. Think of Holy Spirit, God with us with us corporately and with us individually. God is with us. Because, you know, honestly, church is boring if God doesn't come. Right? I mean, I've, I don't know how many church services I've been since I was a Christian. It's a lot. I was saved in 1972 in the Jesus kind of movement thing. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And I've been in service where God's presence is so, it felt like a physical reality, so rich and strong. And sometimes movements came out of that. Sometimes nothing came out of that that I know about. Um, but so parakletos is a word you might want to wrap your head around. It's in the John 14 
uh, that we read. The second thing, and this is very much related, is the Holy Spirit is our internal teacher. You know, we know Jesus is the rabbi. He is the eternal teacher. He's always teaching you. First of all, he reminds you of the things Jesus says. By the way, on a practical note, those things need to be put in, those words need to be put in you by you, <laughs> okay? And other people too, but by you. You need to, you know, good, good things stored up by good men, that's you, that's on you. And so some of you have all sorts of Holy Spirit words, Jesus words stored up in you and they can come out at any moment. It's wonderfully helpful when you're preaching, you know, <laughs> if that stuff happens. So he, he's the parakletos, he's the internal teacher, he reminds us of the words of Jesus, but he also teaches us about life. You know, one of the things that God's trying to do with every single person here is he's trying to make us wise men and wise women. And that happens by the Holy Spirit quickening certain realities, teaching us new realities, reminding us of, I don't know if this happens to you, but I can let go of words that God's given me. I don't mean to. They just kind of float into the background of everything. And the Holy Spirit, often in a time of prayer or just by myself in my room that I pray at home, he'll just say, remember this. Remember, I want you to live in gratitude. That sounds pretty simple, right? You think I'd be able to remember that? Any of you have problems with gratitude? Yes. And then there's three liars, too. All right, so that's, that's two. The third thing is he is the giver of peace or comfort. Okay, so I, I hang around with the baristas at this particular shop. We sometimes go, I end up going to breakfast or different things when they're done. I always pay, by the way, because I'm the old guy, but, which is fine. Always when I ask them before, how are you doing, Sal? Uh, uh, I'm really tired. Every barista that you ever know is always really tired. Okay, because they stay up for these late shifts, get up for these early shifts, whatever. Well, and, and that was, um, or I'm busy. That's the other thing. How are you doing? I'm busy. Some of you probably answer like that a lot of times, right? Here's the big shift lately that I'm hearing. Hey, I am anxious. I don't know if that's just my personal little bubble, but there, and this, these are like 20-something year old kids. They're, I'm not talking about, you know, like us older guys that are just tired naturally, but they're anxious, they're anxious, and the Bible says be anxious for nothing. How do we get there? And I don't have time to unpack that, but we need the Holy Spirit if we're going to go to the end of that passage, which issues forth in peace, guarding our mind and our heart. So I, you know, I've been addressing that with these kids all the time now, like I'm anxious. Well, you shouldn't be anxious at 18, but they are. They, they, they're, they're like, literally, this was the conversation yesterday. Girl, young girl named Maddie just graduated in a the, with a theater arts degree, which my wife can tell you where that will get you. She's like, Lance, I don't know what I'm doing. She wasn't talking about, like, you know, behind doing the, making the coffee. She's talking about her life. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to teach us to learn, live in peace. By the way, if somebody tells you they do that perfectly, you know they're lying to you. None of us in this world is not troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus, there's all these sayings about it. 
My friend Rich Nathan says that there's 365 references to something like do not be afraid. Why do you think that might be? You guys, not me, but you guys tend to get fearful. Some of you came here this morning really fearful. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to have something to do with that. The Holy Spirit wants to enter into that reality and begin to teach us to live at peace, which, by the way, I'm not going to go far with this, but solitude is so important in finding a place where you can be with the Spirit, with Jesus, with the Father. So important. Actually, as I've looked through church history, and I'm not a historian, but everybody talks about solitude. Now, sometimes they did in crazy ways what they went away for like seven years. We're not going to do that probably, most of us. But we need to learn how this works. Be anxious for nothing. Keep thanksgiving going. And the peace of God which guards your heart and mind, the Holy Spirit's the one that carries that out in us. Maybe this will be the last one here. And maybe this isn't the best word. It was the best word I could think of this week. The Holy Spirit is a transformer. A transformer. And I don't mean those toys that switch into different, you know, if you have grandkids right now, you know what a transformer is. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that God actually is serious about producing the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. They're the fruits of the Spirit. They're the fruits of you hanging around with the Spirit of God. And we know what they are. I won't say them all, but, you know, love. This is where I've come to after doing this for 48 years or whatever it is now. If somebody's not growing in love, they're not growing as a Christian, I just think. My prayer now for myself is, Lord, just reduce me to love. And really, God wants to make, I don't care if you're starting way in a hole, some of you I know, and some of I know started in a way hole. Some of you started in, I mean, I, I didn't start in a giant great place with, in terms of love. My dad never said he loved me till I was 18. So I didn't start with this, like, big, giant, everybody's always loved me. No, your dad didn't. First fruit of the Holy Spirit, love. In particular, agape love, which is closest we have to it, like an unconditional love. Joy. Ever find yourself joyless? Even though you've been a believer for a long time, well, you go back. Here's one thing I've learned that's super helpful to me. Almost every situation in the Christian life is somewhat solved by us turning back toward the Lord. Not away. Away is only darkness. Turn toward the Lord. That's in all my troubles, and I've had lots of troubles, so those of you who know me know I've had my stuff. Turn toward the Lord. Get in a quiet place with the Holy Spirit, and he'll begin to produce in you, transform you, and produce in you. Here's something almost nobody knows. We know that the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, right? We're familiar with that. Here's here's maybe something that you don't know. The other job of the Holy Spirit is to convince us of the Father's love for us. And for some of us, that will take a lifetime. But he, he really wants to see those things flowing through your daily lives. 
He wants those to be the characteristic of the temple. So he flows through us, he comforts us, he teaches us, he, he leads us. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God. And for most of you, it's going to be this. I come back to the Lord again. Lord, help me. Help me to be a more loving father. Help, help me to be a person that would lay down his life for his friends. That's the Holy Spirit's work in you and in I.